0: Hi, I'm Father Daniel DePlantis, a Catholic priest, martial artist, and host of the Karate Priest podcast. Have you ever wondered what the church teaches about different topics? Are you a martial arts enthusiast or just someone who wants to learn more about martial arts? I'd like to invite you to join me and many guests on my podcast as we cover topics of faith, everyday living, and martial arts on the Karate Priest podcast.
1: Everybody and welcome back to season four of A Catholic's Perspective, the podcast all about being a young Catholic surviving in a secular world. Today's topic is going to be really fun and interesting. Today we're going to be discussing long-distance relationships, and to do that topic with me, I have my friend Cecilia. Welcome, Cecilia. Hi. Hi. It's so great to have you on. I think this is I mean, we just recently became friends over the course of a few months, but it's like we've connected on such a a good level, which has been great. And, you know, having (laughs) long distance friendships, I think is completely different from long distance relationships. Um, But before we dive right in, did you want to introduce yourself to the listeners real quick?
0: Yeah, so my name is Cecilia, and um, I'm a Wisconsin girl, and I've been married for a year now, but before I got married, I spent high school discerning religious life and was in a monastery for a year um, before discerning out and got married a year ago. So I just wanted to chat with you guys about long distance because yeah. I've been there and done that. <laughs>
1: You've experienced it. You know exactly what we're talking about today because it's it's a hard topic. And because of social media today, I feel like it's a topic that's becoming more relevant um, than it was, I guess, when I was a kid or, you know, even in the last, I don't know, online dating really took off in like the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it being a huge thing until like 10 years ago, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll kind of just like jump into it. And did you want to tell the viewers about your own story, your own long distance relationship, how you guys met, how, how all that went?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it kind of all happened. Um, I guess it was all providential because <laughs> it was interesting how it all happened because I had been out of the monastery for several months, discerned with other communities, discerned that I should start discerning marriage and <laughs> um, and a friend of mine, knowing that I wanted to start moving towards dating and stuff, was like, hey, there's this Catholic dating site. Have you ever heard of it? Um, and I hadn't. So I just went on and made a profile. And I didn't expect anything to come out of it. It was kind of one of those, like, well, we'll give this a shot, you know. <laughs> um, and, yeah, that's my husband had already been on there for a few months before I even went on. And the funny thing is that I posted at the end of June and I almost waited until July just so it could pop up with the new month and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But my friend was like, nah, just go for it. So I did. And my husband told me like June was going to be his last month posting his profile and then he was going to remove it and just kind of be done with it. So
1: really (laughs) just like get on there. Yeah. I
0: love you it. Um, so yeah, and I was just really attracted to him because I think a a big thing in online dating, I especially notice it with the guys, um, is that they want their profile to be like, "I work out, I'm so mm-hmm. strong, I'm," you know, like, and that's great, guys. Like, we want a strong guy, but what attracted me to Brandon's was that he was like a simple guy. He loved his face these are his hobbies. He loves his dog. You know, like, it was just very straightforward. It wasn't all fluffed up, you know, mm-hmm. um, which, like I said, is probably fluffing things up is pretty common in online dating because you have to create an online person for someone to encounter. Yeah, a know? lot of the guys act like dude bros on there. And
1: like <laughs> and then they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, I can lift 200 pounds. So I could no. definitely
0: lift you. And it's like, Thanks. Okay. <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that actually became a joke between Brandon and I now. He'll say, like, I lift heavy things. I'm like, you're impressive.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, like, just that straightforwardness is what attracted me to him. And then from there, we were just chatting. You know, first we stayed on the forum you know and chatted through there but we were chatting like every night for a couple hours because we just clicked right away and then from there it went to texting and a f- phone calls and like our first phone call is like I think a two or three hour call um just because we loved hanging out yeah. <laughs> I mean that's um, to be expected <laughs> yep yep and then after that like phone calls and texting all the time and then eventually zoom calls um And all of that stuff just really helped us spend time together. Um, And then that was in June of 2020. And then the next, the following July, I moved out to Montana where he was from. Because I was from Wisconsin. He was from Montana. So the next year I ended up moving out there simply because, like, he had a career, and apartment. And I was still living with my family after coming home from the monastery. So I didn't really have... Ritz down like he did so I was like I'll go live in the mountains like (laughs) I'll do that why not (laughs) I would too (laughs) yeah yeah um so yeah that was kind of how everything came together and then I moved there July 2021 and then we got married May of 2022 so we had like a year of living closer um and yeah and then now we're back in Wisconsin together (laughs) Wonderful. But, yeah, I definitely think that you know couples
1: need, if especially if they are long distance, they need to find the time to come together when they can. I yeah. think it depends on the difference in where, like, why I guess why they're long distance. Is it because of the military? Because that's completely different. You know, you can't right. just move out to wherever he's at if it's because of the military. Right. Um, but I guess what kind of advice would you have for someone who's considering to? like, getting into a long-distance relationship? Maybe they're not in one yet, but they're considering it.
0: Yeah. So, first of all, I would say don't get involved with anyone that's further than you would ever consider moving, because Mm -hmm. when Brandon and I first started talking, the initial plan was for him to come to Wisconsin right away. When I moved to Montana, I was never sure if we would even end up back in Wisconsin, but Montana wasn't too far for me, you know? Um... So, like, if you're looking at dating online and someone is from overseas, you have to ask yourself, yes, the initial plan could be for them to come move to where you are. But if things were to change, would you be okay with moving to where they are? Because once your heart is involved, it makes it a lot more complicated. So just kind of, you know, filter profiles by that and just have that in mind going into it.
1: Yeah, that's really difficult to discern too, because especially if you really like a person, you're gonna be like, "I'll move anywhere for you," and yeah. you actually have to, and you're like, "Ooh, so yeah. I said that, but <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard. It's really hard, because how far away are you from your family? Are you guys like close to your family in Wisconsin? Now that
0: we're in Wisconsin, we're we're two hours away,
1: which isn't bad at all, right? No.
0: no. Whereas
1: I guess if you were in Montana, even though Montana's not far either um i know people who have dated from (laughs) basically they were in california and the other person was in pennsylvania and i was like that's actually across the united states yep and they didn't understand the distance because of the long distance you know they were always talking and stuff until they actually mapped it and then they were just like okay is this something we can actually do because they're like oh we should meet and then he's like well i'm in pennsylvania and she's like well i'm in california and oof that's yeah. that's really tricky to try and discern that did um I know you said that you were would you would you have been okay moving out to Montana with him like doing all of that permanently mm-hmm.
0: I was fine with it I struggled with it but because I loved the landscape so much I think that part of and we had a really good community over there too so yeah. that however the one thought that really broke my heart about, you know, when I was thinking we would be there long-term is once kids were in the picture, because Mm. one thing to just have me, like, I know my family, my family knows me like talking on the phone is fine. You know, like I can get on a plane and fly, but once kids are in the picture, even if you're visiting once a year, the kids grow up so fast and they wouldn't really know them, you know, and you can't load a whole family to fly regularly because it's expensive. So that was the, the one thing that i struggled with because mm-hmm. i like i said i was fine it just being me out there but with kids even two hours feels too far <laughs> I'm like, I'm
1: it's I'm a living. lot and i think <laughs> nowadays we don't have enough support for young moms you know to have the kids because people are moving out all across the united states you know before i mean even 50 to 100 years ago what they would do is if you moved out when you got married. But you would move to the top apartment of your parents building or you would move down the street from your parents and you know nowadays there's this very um independent lifestyle where you know you get married sometimes at this point some people don't even do that Um, and then you move like miles and miles away you know and it's one thing if you actually want to do that but it's another thing if it's because your significant other can't go anywhere because he doesn't have a job anywhere else or she doesn't have a job anywhere else So that's a really hard thing to kind of discern. Um, What kind of advice would you have for somebody who is in a long-distance relationship?
0: For that, I would say just, like, keep prioritizing that time together. Because when you're in a long-distance relationship, it feels like more time needs to be invested because you can't just hang out shopping or, like, doing just daily life stuff with each other. You know, it has to be time that you actually are available to be on the phone or to be Skyping and stuff. Um, Brandon and I always did a Friday date night Skyping. He would get a fish dinner. I would get a fish dinner, and we would have it together and watch our – I think we worked through a whole sitcom series, too, over Skype. Just that was our show. You know, we'd hang out and do that on Saturday nights, you know. So – Just Skype was the biggest thing, you know, for closing that gap. But just being intentional about it or like sending each other cards and stuff, that was another big thing for us. It takes, it feels like it takes more work, but it also leads to a deeper connection, I think, too, because you are so deliberate about it. No,
1: it's so true. I I think also like so many people can become lazy with their relationship when they don't see them in person. Mm -hmm. I mean, even in person, you can be lazy with your partner after, you know, seeing them for a while. (laughs) You just, you know, you don't do anything after a while. But I feel like it's easier to fall into that or maybe not. I don't know. Do you think it would be easier to fall into that if you're long distance or not? Because you actually do have to be intentional and text back and all that stuff.
0: I don't know. I, I do think it's easier to get lax when you're together. Cause like when we were apart, we were very deliberate about Friday being date night and about, Mm. you know, like about the stuff we did together. Whereas once I moved to Montana, we were just kind of chilling together anyway. So it's like, we don't have to go get fish dinners, you know, like we don't have to put a date, we're together anyway, you know? We don't have to put in Um, (laughs) date. Right. So I think there's a lot more of like casual being together versus deliberate being together when you are in person um so yeah i did feel like it was a little lax at mm-hmm. first when i moved to montana but brandon's like we're together just like we were before i'm like <laughs> it's a little different now <laughs> yeah. yeah so
1: yeah no it make it that does make sense because when you're a long distance you know a you really want to keep the other person's attention right because you're not there with them and they're around other people all day so how do you stand out to that person, even mm-hmm. if you're not necessarily dating them yet, but you're interested in it? Yeah. Um, that can be really, really difficult to kind of stay in that person's uh, mind, I guess, like just for them to remember you because you're 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 not around. Um which is honestly why when college happens and long-distance relationships now happen, this is why I always say it's not a good da- idea to date in high school, um, <laughs> just because it's like you guys are probably going to end up going to different colleges, yeah. going to be long-distance, and it's just never going to work out, and it's unnecessary heartbreak. Now, I do think dating is necessary to figure out who you like, you know, because I think that's, that's important too, but you also already know who you like. And if you're dating someone and it's not them, then you're just going to be like, okay, well, it's not you. So right. peace, <laughs>
0: Exactly.
1: But I think a lot of times, especially teenagers today, they get caught up in the emotions of it. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily the person themselves these days. It's like the thought of being in a relationship, yeah. especially with social media being the way that it is today. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of young um, teens and even young adults, you know, they latch to the idea of being in a relationship, but they don't realize how much work it takes. And then they go long distance and it's even more work.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Um,
1: me and Max, we're about like 45 minutes away from each other, but it can be anywhere between an hour and a half to 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so it just depends on traffic. Um, But the The distance helps us. And we always say that if we lived closer together, we would not get anything done because we would literally just be hanging out the entire day. Yeah. And even like a couple days ago, he came over and hung out and we were able to get a lot of work done, you know, for the ministry. He helps me with my um videos and things of that nature. But even then it's like, you know, we still were goofing around and hanging out and stuff. And so, yeah. Um, sometimes distance can be helpful, but I, yeah, yeah. That's just something that I've always realized, but somebody um, asked me recently, like if you're in a long distance relationship, how do you avoid going overboard with affection when you do see that person? Because if you really love them, you know, it's just a natural response, but how do we keep from like smothering them?
0: Well, um, the biggest thing for Brandon and I, well, First of all, in the case of, everyone's different with what they like for affection. I'm a hugger, I get that from my dad. Brandon's more reserved. Um, But, so it it depends, you know, just knowing what what you want, what they want, as far as the amount of affection and hugs. As far as when it comes to like chastity and not crossing the line because you have so much pent up (laughs) affection for this person. When I went out to visit Montana for the first time, which was for Brandon's confirmation, which is why I went out there to be there at that Easter vigil, we had like an honest conversation before I flew out and we're like, what are our boundaries? What are, what is okay and what's not okay? I stayed at a hotel. I didn't stay at his place. Um, He did not come up to my room at the hotel with me at all like when we got back from like Holy Thursday mass or like Easter vigil, we sat in the lobby to chat a bit more, but then he walked me to the elevator. I went up to my room and that was it. Um, and yeah, just kind of having boundaries on how far physical affection can go. And we even had a plan. Like if we were, you know, getting too caught up in the moment, he had a balcony on his apartment and we're like, we'll step outside for some fresh air, you know, Mm -hmm. like if we feel we need to like get out of the more enclosed environment, you know? Yeah. Um, So just like having an honest conversation about these things and what your expectations are for limitations, because it is so easy to get caught up in the moment or there might be a fear of, I don't want to make them feel rejected. Like they're just trying to show me how much they love me, you know? Mm -hmm. And But you have to have an honest conversation about the boundaries and what that's going to look like for you guys, you know? Yeah, I think that's so important today. I don't think enough people
1: understand, like, boundaries, but then also um, knowing someone's intentions – Right, we have to ask people like, "What are your intentions?" Especially if we do- if we don't know someone's intentions, that's probably not a good thing. Exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly. If they're not intending to date you or marry you or get engaged, whatever, like maybe you should question why you are with that person. Um, mm-hmm. in in that ask in that in that sense. Um, but also I like what you said about the boundaries thing because everyone is different in the sense of boundaries. Um, but you shouldn't, you know. Um, what's the word? You shouldn't become laxed in your boundaries just in fear of, like, not being able to communicate your love language to someone. You right. know what I mean? It's like, even if they don't agree with your boundaries, you should not lessen those boundaries just because they disagree with it. If anything, you probably shouldn't be with that person. Exactly. And that's where it comes down to is it's like, okay, what are their intentions? You know, is it to actually be serious in a serious relationship and get married one day? Or is it to like play around? Mm -hmm. And that's something that people really need to figure out. I'm definitely not a super affectionate person, but Max's love language is physical touch. So we're always holding hands. If we're sitting on a couch, his arms around me, that's how he shows physical affection and it's something that I appreciate because he likes it, but it it never goes overboard, you right. know, and that's why I appreciate it, too, because despite the fact that it's his love language, he never uses his love language as an excuse to push the boundaries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some guys and girls I've heard have done that before um in my friends past relationships where they set a boundary because they didn't like a certain thing and they're just like well it's just my love language you're just rejecting me because this is my love language and it's like that's not true that's actually yeah. a manipulation tactic um <laughs> yes <laughs> don't do that <laughs> yeah. and so that's something that I've definitely realized and so it's like don't sacrifice your boundaries and your own um standards, I guess, for someone who doesn't respect them as well. Because if they love you, they will respect the boundaries you set up. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly.
1: And that's that can be really hard because I know some couples are like, oh, I don't want to kiss anyone until I get to the altar. You know, I only want to kiss my wife. And I'm like, okay, well that's great. But the other person might not agree with that. And it's like, okay, but why? You know, like if it's just a kiss, it's not making out because making out's a yeah. moral sin. We know that. Yeah. then what's wrong with it if you want to have a wife? You know, if she's going to be your wife, right? Mm-hmm. You see her as your wife, why wouldn't you want to give her a kiss every now and then? Mm-hmm. Um, is it because of, like, pornography? Because pornography is running rampant and you think it might be a trigger for you? And if that's the case, maybe you shouldn't be dating. You know, it's, it's those rabbit holes you can really go down.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes. It's just... And it's, the boundaries are going to look different for everyone because people struggle differently you know and yeah yeah because
1: someone might be like oh I'm okay sitting on a couch by ourselves like watching a movie but you go to another person they're like we can't do that because something else and it's like okay well if you can't be alone in the sense of and like not be tempted to go further in a sense maybe Mm -hmm. question if you're ready for a relationship now I'm not saying that if you slip up like you're not ready for a relationship. Couples, you know, like we've said, have got caught up in the moment. They go to confession. They're like, I'm sorry. It happens. You know, it's the physical attractions there. It's going to happen. But if you have no self-control at all and every little thing is going to set you off, maybe question if you're ready for a relationship or not, because those things don't go away in marriage.
0: Right. Yeah. And that was the thing is that like, even when I moved to Montana, I had my own apartment, you know, Mm -hmm. we we didn't move until after we got married. But I pretty much only used my apartment to sleep at because I hung out so much for <laughs> Brandon, you know. Um, and we never, like, we were fine hanging yeah. out at his apartment by ourselves. You know, it was never cause for concern or temptation for us. And, you know, I know a, a lot of things will say, like, don't be alone together, you know, at night. But like Saturday evenings, you know, it was winter, it got dark early. And it's like, I don't feel any more tempted just because it's dark outside. Like, (laughs) we're still eating dinner watching our show, like, whether (laughs) the sun is out or the moon is out. Like, (laughs) It doesn't affect me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's the main thing, too, is that also I think it's been built up in people's minds over the years. Like, don't have sex. Don't do this. Don't be alone in a room together. Don't, you know. Yeah. It's almost scary when you are because then that's all you can think about. You know, it's, it's that whole, I don't know what it is. It's a psychological thing where if you're told not to think about something, you think about it even more. Yeah. And it's like, maybe we should instead be giving these people the tools and let them know when they're ready to date versus when they're not, instead of just telling them like, don't do this. Don't do that. This is dark. Don't do, you know. Right. Again, everybody's different, you know, so what might affect you doesn't affect him or what affects me doesn't affect you. You know, it just you really have to discern for yourself and not lie to yourself. I think a lot of people lie to themselves and they'll be like, oh, I'm fine. Or, oh, no, I'm not fine. But, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't actually know. It's just a fear thing. Yeah. So Um, I noticed that, too. Um, And then also should so this was a question that somebody asked me and I wasn't really sure because I was like I think it depends on the situation but should the guy solely be the ones that visit or should it be mutual because I know you went out to go visit uh, Brandon right yes yeah
0: yeah because he hadn't been confirmed as a kid so he got confirmed the spring after we met and oh. wanted to be there for that you know yeah um again I think that is a situation thing like you have to look at you know If you're not going to be staying together, you know, overnight, which is not a good idea, you know, (laughs) um, what are what do the accommodations look at if you go to him? What do the accommodations look at if he goes to you, look like if Mm -hmm. he goes to you? Um, So that's one thing to consider. Also, financially, you know, um, I mean, I was able to go out to him because he bought – the plane ticket for me. I was in college. I didn't have money to. <laughs> I feel that <laughs> to fly to Montana. You know, so finances play another another big role in that too. So I don't really think that it can be like a, you know, he's not a gentleman if he won't fly to me. You know, um, that's a big one today too. Yes, and you know, but if you're both in the same place, say you're both, you know, twenty eight years old, you both have money, you both are able to get a hotel at either place you stay then that would be more of a 50-50 situation, you know. Um, because I think it's important, you know, if they're always coming over to you, you're not going to have the opportunity to have an insight into their world. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to have this person isolated from their environment, their family, their friends. And those are people you want to get to meet, you know. Um, so I think more 50-50 would be a better balance just so that you do have the opportunity to, to visit where they're from, and the chance to meet their family, the chance to hang out with their friends, you know, um, and just kind of see them because you know we just tend to act differently depending on what scenario we're in. Yes. And see them, you know, relaxed in a comfortable situation that's familiar to them with their friends and stuff. You get to know them better versus always seeing them in an unfamiliar place around unfamiliar people because they're always coming to you. Right. So I- That's a consideration to have, too.
1: Yeah, I think that's important because also, like I said, like I can be an introvert with people I'm not familiar with, but an extrovert with people I am familiar. We're kind of similar in that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's like I I would always be different, you know, whenever I never really had long distance relationships, but Max always commented how I was different in a group setting versus just one on one. And he appreciated Mm -hmm. that because he got to know that. Yeah. Um and so for people who aren't taking the time to go into the other person's world like you're saying and like learn about that side of them and how they act around their friends and their family and their people I mean you sh- definitely should make that a priority you don't have to go out there tons and tons of times exactly. but <laughs> you know at least get an idea of what they're like around other people that you're not familiar with and then they'll know how you react around strangers it's like mm-hmm. that back and forth thing but I agree. I don't think guys should be this, like, only ones who put the effort into going and visiting the significant other. I think they should it, – it should be mutual if possible and if you can't, you know, meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah. But I, I definitely don't think that's all on the guy's shoulders. No. Um, and especially if the woman can pay more than the guy can depending on, like, okay, is she out of college? Is she in college? You know, is he out of college? Is he in college? You know, you guys are just going to have to make that decision together, but also just don't automatically expect that every guy has like tons of money to spare, exactly. you know, because especially in today's economy, it's not, it's not mm-hmm. how it works. No. Um, but I guess the last question we have is how far is too far? And that could be taken two ways, but <laughs> specifically distance wise, how far <laughs> do you think is too far? I know we talked in the beginning kind of about like if you're not willing to move out to where that person is permanently or where they plan on going, then probably don't consider dating them. But how far do- is too far for you?
0: For me personally, I wouldn't have gone outside of the U.S. Um, just so that anything would be feasible to drive if need be. Um But again, you know, looking at it now, I, I don't even think, I don't know. (laughs) Looking at it from the perspective of being far away from home and having kids, Mm -hmm. um, that's what, that's what adds another factor because you have to keep in mind, it's not always going to be just the two of you. And like I said before, I would have zero problem spending the rest of my life in Montana, you know, if it were just going to be me but once there's kids in the picture, like, I want my family around. I want them to get to see them grow up because I don't want it to be, you know, those grandkids or the nieces and nephews that are, like, a baby, and then next time you see them, they're, like, walking and talking because things go fast when they're little, you know? So it, it all comes down to what you value most. And also, you know, just because someone does live close to you doesn't mean you'll stay close to family for your whole life either because job opportunities come up things change you know um so there has to be like of course a baseline flexibility for that regardless but as far as like putting yourself in the situation in the first place it pretty much comes down to what your priorities are and also looking at stuff like you know, I I was homeschooled, so my mom was like, what are the homeschool laws like in Montana? You know, that's something to think about, you know, and do you have a good Catholic community there? Do you, you know, if the nature around is important to you, like, is it important to raise your kids in the mountains? You know, like, like what is most important to you? And then from there, you can decide, you know, is this too much of a distance for me? And... Like I said, you can't really go off of when you're first talking with the person and like, oh, yeah, I'll totally move over to you, you know, because like I said, that was the plan for for Brandon and I when I was wrapping up the year that I was in college. He was applying to jobs in Milwaukee, but ended up deciding that it was best for him to stay in Montana career wise. So the plan that we had thought was going to happen totally changed. And I ended up over there, um, which was fine, but again you can't go off of a idealized plan or like those early days where like you said Amber like oh I'll move anywhere for you because <laughs> it's just not going to be realistic you need to ask yourself if like am I fine right like, for and also ha-
1: like having those realistic conversations yeah. Because, I mean, it can be so easy to get our heads in the clouds and to just be like, oh, yeah, I love this person. Like after a few weeks of just me like talking to them and, you know, really wanting to get to know them better. And that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. But we also can't have on the rose colored glasses. We have to realize that, you know, what is this going to look like if we actually made it work? Because it's nice to text somebody and to Skype with somebody, but then to actually make it work, you know, is, is a lot of effort.
0: Oh, yes. And even just like going from long distance dating to in-person dating. Because like Brandon and I were able to share in a lot of stuff over Skype, you know, like our meals and watching our shows together, watching a movie. But once we came together in person, then it was like, how are we going to spend our weekend when Mm -hmm. we have work? Like I wanted to be out hiking. He wanted to relax at home, you know, like neither of those are bad things, but that's not something that's going to come up. When you're long distance, like you can do the, oh, how do you like to spend your free time? But as far as like the conc- the concrete reality of, of what it will look like when you're in person is something else to keep in mind, too, when you're long distance dating. You know, um, Walmart trips were controversial when I first moved to <laughs> Montana because... Trips. He just wanted to go get food. I wanted to browse the clothes area. The I wanted to browse everything because it's fun. School yes. supplies, <laughs> home, home for women. We love doing that. Exactly, and he's like, I have never been in this section of the store. <laughs> well, there's a first
1: time for everything, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. So
0: it's just little things like that. That like, and now I can say we can peacefully go to Walmart, and <laughs> that's good. It <food> is okay. <laughs> but um. Just little things like that that are not going to be something that comes up over over a long distance relationship that you really do need that that time. Like we had that year, you know, with it not being long distance before we got married. And it it gave more of like what life together is going to look like, Um, even though we connected right away long distance like none of that changed like when I moved to Montana even when I visited the first time it's like this is totally Brandon you know I didn't feel like I was with a different person than I had been communicating with um it just kind of felt like we had always been together (laughs) so
1: that's how you know
0: (laughs) exactly so there there wasn't any of that with him but as far as like settling into day-to-day life that was that was things where we learned more about each other And I
1: definitely think that's something all relationships go through, but more so when you're in a long distance relationship because you're so used to the internet version of them and it might take you a little while to, you know, get used to them not being on your phone, Mm -hmm. you know. And then um, I think, I don't know who said it, but one of my friends had an issue where she basically did what you did and moved out to where he was, but then she had a hard time connecting with him in person because she just viewed him as a guy on her phone. Wow. And she had this like split reality type thing where people on her phone are different than people in real life for her. Mm-hmm. And so it made it really hard for her to connect with him. So she had to like basically start from scratch. Um, and it wasn't because he was different necessarily. It was because he wasn't on her phone anymore and he was right. in person. And yeah. so that's a, that's something hard that's, you know, it, it's not easy to navigate that either And especially in our world that's saturated with electronics and social media, you know, it can be very hard to make those in-person connections, um, especially when everything's been digitalized. Now we have all this AI stuff and it's just, it's making it really hard for us to connect with human beings. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's just absolutely ridiculous. But yeah I guess do you have any last words for anyone who uh who might be in a long distance relationship or anything? um for
0: those who are in it, like it it's not impossible to end up married so <laughs> uh, I know a lot of people are are skeptical of the whole thing um especially like our parents' generation and stuff're just like what <laughs> um But it can work if it's the right person, if it's gone about the right way. Um, And if you do make time to actually live closer to each other before you get married. Like, I wouldn't say go straight from long distance into marriage because there's going to be a lot more surprises than generally are at the beginning of a marriage to begin with, you know. Um, But yeah, and to people who are considering it, like... Don't be afraid to to try it. It does take more work. And sometimes it is harder to, like, have friends who have their, you know, the people they're dating close by. Or maybe someone interests you that's close by, but you already have this other relationship that you're in, you know. So, but if it's the right person, it'll all work out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree.
1: And sometimes it's hard, but you know what? Some things are worth suffering for. So... <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that's not to say if things are really, really, really bad that you should stay with the person, but I'm just saying. Right. Yeah. Oh, yes. There's a difference.
0: <laughs> yes, there is definitely a big
1: difference. Well, thank you so much, Cecilia, for coming on and talking with us about this. I really appreciate you taking the time to do it.
0: Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having me. I love of course. Katty, you. About? I know. <laughs> it's so fun. We we stayed on the
1: phone, I think, once for like two and a half hours because we just like talked. Yes. So- <laughs> like, it's so fun. And it's funny because we're both introverts. Yeah. It's like you never would have expected that, but you
0: know, it's it's how it works. It
1: works. (laughs) And then where can my listeners find you too? If uh, like Instagram, right?
0: Yes. Instagram. um, It is Carmelite underscore Homemaker. Um, And I have. Oh. And. Oh, you cut out there for a second. (laughs) sorry about that no it's okay um, it's okay go ahead but yes carmelite homemaker on facebook and instagram so perfect there we go yeah no that's awesome so definitely go check her out if you guys have not heard of her before
1: um but with all of that being said that's it for this episode so thank you so much cecilia i really appreciate it yeah of course all right bye guys Thank you so much for listening to A Catholic's Perspective with me, The Religious Hippie. Make sure to visit my official website at thereligioushippie.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter to keep up to date with my latest news and offerings. You can also find me on virtually any social media site as The Religious Hippie. Thanks for listening.
0: A quest is a search for something. And every week, the Quest podcast will show you how we know what we know through interviews with people that have incredible stories of dedication and perseverance. I'm your host, Todd Fisher. Join me in this thought-provoking and inspiring podcast of discovery. Find us anywhere you listen to podcasts.
1: Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please be sure to rate and review this episode. This podcast is produced by Amber Rose and distributed by Metacortex Publishing. This podcast is copyrighted by The Religious Hippie NFP. Any previously trademarked or copyrighted content is used by permission. Information and opinions stated in this podcast should not be construed as medical advice. Please be sure to visit the official website for The Religious Hippie at thereligioushippie.com or find me on social media for other unique content.